This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast with me Amit Barua, your host for this episode. Rashtriya Swayamsevak Sangh chief Mohan Bhagwat said recently that Akhand Bharat would be a reality in the next 20 or 25 years. In his remarks, the RSS chief said nobody could stop India's march forward. Those trying to impede the country's march forward will either move away or be removed from the scene. He was quoted as saying, "Mr. Bhagwat is an important man as the RSS affiliated BJP has been in power for the last 8 years. So what does the RSS chief mean? To understand his comments, I have with me today independent journalist and author Nilanjan Mukhopadhyay who has long followed the RSS, the BJP and their politics. Welcome to In Focus Nilanjan. Thank you. Nilanjan my first question to you is can you explain to our listeners what is the RSS concept of Akhand Bharat? To understand this question we have to go back to the basics that how does the RSS define us and our nationhood? Who are we? it's very easy to for us to say that we are indians but what is the rss understanding of who are we to put it break down into very basics you know from the time that the rss was formed in 1925 and even maybe about another 25 30 years prior to that there have been two strands of defining india and india's nationhood one has considered you know which is what we call hindu nationalistic which considers the people as the nation the other which was articulated in a more inclusive manner by the indian national congress gandhi and subsequently his followers and also a position which is held by people like us especially by me make it very clear that i believe in a territorial kind of a nationality that we are a diverse people living in one territory and that is what constitutes our nation whereas for the rss and the bjp it is all question of one nation one people one culture that is the basic thing and from there they they define in fact savarkar who wrote this book called hindutva who are we it said that those who have their pitrabhumi and their punyabhumi in this land can be the citizens of this country now motherland as well as the holy land which means that it leaves out several religious minorities most importantly the muslims and the christians from being citizens of india or as they call it bharat because their holy land is elsewhere that is the basic crux of the matter so akhand bharat comes from there that they have defined the people and they consider that the people have lived in large parts of country you know large several countries which are no longer politically part of india their map of akhand bharat if you look at it it stretches from myanmar on the east and it goes right up to up to afghanistan on the on the northwest it includes bhutan nepal sri lanka bangladesh of course you know because it is in this rest and pakistan also so that is what is akhand bharat and that is what mohan bhagwat was talking about and he said that we will not have the same constitution maybe but we will have a common armed forces and maybe a president also 
Right. This concept, Nilanjan, just to ask you one small clarification. This concept is an old concept or has it been updated by the RSS? The concept of Akhand Bharat. The, the concept of Akhand Bharat is more than 100 years old. It has actually first you know, articulated by Savarkar and subsequently it has been, you know, promoted by a large number of RSS leaders. You know, let me just try to, you know, give you in a nutshell, you know, the occasions where Akhand Bharat has been part of the dialogue and the discourse of the RSS and its affiliates, that is, all kinds of various organizations which are there. Savarkar, of course, articulated it and conveyed it in his book, you know, it was subsequently upheld the idea by uh, the founder of the RSS that was K.B. Hedgevar, Keshav Bhagiram Hedgevar, then the second uh, Sarsanchalak Golwalkar, he also talked about it. As India, very importantly, as India was getting partitioned in 1946-47, the RSS kept on opposing the idea of partition. They decided to observed it was decided in 1950 that henceforth august 14th would be celebrated as akhand bharat divas it is still celebrated in 1953 the jansang passed a formal resolution by the time the jansang was formed it had been formed in 51 and 52 if you remember so the jansang passed a resolution in 1953 calling for the formation of akhand bharat saying that it remained committed to the idea of a unified India. This resolution was once again brought back in 1965 after the war with Pakistan, in which it was reworded. And this was done by Dindyal Upadhyay, who is considered to be one of the leading iconic ideologues of the BJP today. So Dindyal Upadhyay has been one of the... Yes, I'll, I'll just rephrase this so you can listen in 1965, after the India-Pakistan War, Dindyal Upadhyay, who is considered to be one of the most important political icons of the BJP, for his idea of integral humanism, which he had created, and it is now officially the philosophy of the BJP, he also drafted a resolution and the Jansang adopted it. Going on a fast-forward mode, because otherwise we will keep on, it will essentially become a PhD thesis, the number of times Akhand Bharat has been mentioned by various leaders of the Jansang, the RSS, the BJP subsequently, even as late as 2015, when Ram Madhav was halfway in between the RSS and the BJP, he talked about Akhand Bharat. Mohan Bhagwat in the last few years, you don't have to do much, you just go and do a Google search, Mohan Bhagwat and Akhand Bharat, you will find a sequence of occasions, you know, when he has actually said, you know, that we remain committed to Akhand Bharat. He said this in 2021, he said it in 2020 and on numerous other occasions. So it remains an idea of the RSS and the BJP and there has never been any repudiation of any of the resolutions which have been adopted, even the one which was passed in 1965, where the Jansang remained, you know, expressed his commitment to it. Right. Nilanjan, now please try to help us understand what is the current relationship between the RSS and the BJP? Is it the same that existed earlier, uh, that the BJP is one of the many organizations uh, that uh, draw its sustenance from the RSS as the fountainhead? Or is there a new relationship given 
the fact that the BJP under its leader Narendra Modi has you know really asserted its own identity and has captured power not just at the center but in so many states in India. No, I think initially we used to call Nagpur as the big brother. I remember in the times that when you and I got into journalism, we used to refer to the Nagpur-based leadership as the big brother of the BJP. I don't think Nagpur is any longer the big brother. They have definitely taken a backseat and now, of course, the ideology of the RSS is being you know, pursued by uh, Mr. Modi and the BJP and by the government of India. So what has happened is that the RSS does not have that kind of a domineering influence over the BJP as it used to have. Even during the Vajpayee era, you might remember, you know, there were occasions when there were clashes between the RSS and the BJP because Mr. Vajpayee wanted to pursue an independent line, but he did not have the numbers with him. So there was actually a kind of a frequent confrontation between the RSS and the BJP. And I consider that divide which was there being one of the reasons as to why the RSS in 2004 did not put heart and soul into the political campaign as a result of which the number of seats of the BJP were reduced and they could not form the government and then the Congress formed the UPA government along with its coalition partners. While Mr. Modi is mindful of pursuing the ideology of the RSS because he's committed to it. He's committed to Hindu nationalistic thought. Let, let there not be any you know, misunderstanding on that part. It's only on the, some of the economic issues that he is going beyond what were the traditional economic nationalists within the Sangh Parivar. This is something which came up within the RSS after the Narsimha Rao government started economic liberalization. Till that time, it is very surprising that the RSS did not have much idea of economic policies. It did not have any great economic vision. It did not also have a foreign policy, you know, or an idea of the space of India within the world. So the point you're making is that on economics, the BJP position was a little vague till as late as a couple of decades ago. Very vague. And it was very, you know, it was tied towards multinationals. The, B, the RSS formed the Swadeshi Jagran Manch, which very ironically, you know, had, you know, tactical understanding to raise issues along with the left organizations, which were raising, which were opposing India joining the WTO in the 1990s. And even subsequent to that, the entry of multinationals, there was a coalition between the Swadeshi Jagran Manch of the RSS and the leftist organizations, which were opposing liberalization of the Indian economy. So on economy, Mr. Modi, there is still the Swadeshi Jagran Manch, which is still very uncomfortable with several of the economic policies of Mr. Modi. But the RSS keeps the Swadeshi Jagran Manch under control that look at the larger political goals which are being realized. So let us sacrifice a bit on economic issues as long as we are getting, you know, abrogation of 370, Ram Mandir, now maybe several other issues which are coming up. So politically, the BJP, Mr. Modi, is delivering on the objectives and the goals, the ultimate goals of the RSS, and the RSS is accepting it. Right. Now to come to Mr. Bhagwat's comments, Nilanjan. So he's saying that the, the goal of Akhand Bharat would be a reality in the next 20 or 25 years. If you know, work, if you work harder, then it may be realized even earlier. And then he's also saying that those who try to impede the country's march forward will either move away or be removed from the scene. 
So, so what what do you understand as an expert and as somebody who has followed uh, these issues over the past so many decades? So what is he trying to say? Basically, there's a very similarity between what Mr. Bhagwat is saying and what the BJP leaders keep on saying. Their objective is that, you know, they, they, they say that we have religious minorities, but yes, if the religious minorities want to live in India in peace, then they must not ask for their rights basically be invisible you know we, we call it we have been using the word you know that they would want whether they would be reduced to second class citizens or not they would possibly continue to get the same kind of benefits this government has become actually more benefit driven you know even if you listen to mr modi's speech where he gave at the red fort on the 400 uh, birth anniversary of guru tegh bahadur so he told people that even earlier in the day you know when he was speaking to the civil servants he said that the government must provide benefits to the people so that they do not feel troubled. What they're basically saying is that everybody is welcome to stay in this country. You will continue to get your daily ration. You will continue to get your basic entitlements. But do not ask for any democratic right. So I think, you know, we are moving towards a very autocratic kind of a state. That is where we are heading for. And even, you know, you would remember that besides Akhand Bharat, which Mr. Mohan Bhagwat said, just about a month ago, he gave a speech in one of the media, Nagpur's media newspapers had called him and he gave a long lecture for about an hour. It was an event solely for his lecture. When he said that there is you people keep on asking me about whether India will become a Hindu Rashtra, I said it will not become because it already is a Hindu Rashtra. Everybody who stays in this country is a Hindu. Now, this is something very similar to what Mr. Modi had told me almost 10 years ago when I was working on his biography. So I'd asked him that, you know, you say that you are the chief minister of six crore Gujaratis. You cannot deny the fact that there are 10% of Gujaratis are Muslims. So he said that I have no, absolutely no problem if they want to pursue the religion. But they must respect our ideas and the ideals. So I asked him that this was the same demand which was made during the Ram Janmabhumi agitation. He said, yes, so, which means that you are a Muslim, you are a Christian, follow your faith, but you have to accept that you are a Hindu. Because in the RSS definition, Hindu is not a religion per se. It is a culture and religion is one part of it. So, everybody is a Hindu. Let me remind you, you know, after the Babri Masjid demolition, this is something very interesting. You would remember that there was a very, there is a, he's still alive, you know, very senior journalist called Mr. Jay Dubashi, you know, used to work at India Today at that point. And he also used to write at some other places, including the organizer. After the demolition of the Babri Masjid in 93, he wrote an article that we have accomplished a major civilizational objective. But what do we do next? So the next target was that let us change the name of this country because India is foreign. So he wrote the piece in a very conversational style. He said that I'm sure that a large, large number of you would say, okay, let's call ourselves Hindustan. But I have a problem with this because there are too many stans around us. So then you will say that, okay, let's call ourselves Bharat. I said, if we call ourselves Bharat, then our citizenship will be Bharatiya, which is almost like surname of many people, including some who are in prominent business houses. So we will not have Bharat. He said that best, solution is that we rename India as Hindu Desh. So then our nationality, our citizenship would be Hindu. So whether the Miyaji likes it or not, whether the Muslim likes it or not, when he goes for Hajj, passport says that a Hindu is going 
pathaj these are the kind of you know games that they have played on the minds of those who support the majoritarian idea and who have always lived with this idea of the fear of the other which has been very skillfully created over the last 100 years by the rss and all its affiliates nilanjan so looking ahead how you mentioned about uh, the the role of the current bjp leadership and its strength and vis-a-vis the rss leadership itself so how do you see this relationship going forward i mean we are already in uh, 2022 we have general elections due in 24 so how do you see this relationship between the rss mr bhagwat and mr modi evolving in the next few years in 2025 the rss will complete 100 years in existence 2025 is also the year when mr modi and mr mohan bhagwat both would turn 75 by the moral rule which has been laid out by mr modi that is the time when he should be retiring also along with mohan bhagwat they are born just 6 days apart in september 1950 so both turn 75 in in almost the same week mr mohan bhagwat coincidentally was born on the 11th of september and Miss Modi is born on the 17th. So I think you know that the two of them would be perfectly in sync over the next few years. There is the general elections in 24. The Uttar Pradesh election this time was a very important test case. Are people going to be voting on the basis of their material conditions or are they completely sold on the larger civilizational narrative which the BJP and the RSS has very skillfully created where all problems that are being faced by people is because the muslims are pampered the minorities are given greater benefits so if we can tackle india's minority problem then all problems of people would be resolved unless there is a dramatic change between now and 2024 i do not see how the bjp can be voted out of of power in 2024 there has to be realization among the voters that performance also matters that we cannot keep on always chasing a fantasy so so what you are saying is that the, this relationship between the rss leadership and bjp leadership will continue more or less in the way that we see it today i think they are going to be better knitted because the rss will realize that even for tactical reasons if mr modi is taking an initiative path on something which is not very satisfactory or or a bit disturbing for the rss leadership they will try to talk to him but they will not be a break point like that was you know reached in 2004 between the rss and the vajpayee leadership in 2004 you know from 2003 onwards so so in the run up we we could so when uh, mr bhagwat talks about uh, akhand bharat Uh, do you think that the bjp also will share a similar sentiment or will they take a divergent opinion you know everyone knows that akhand bharat is an impossibility but the rhetoric has to be repeated and it will be endlessly repeated because this is the way you can whip up passions of the people and ensure that they remain enlisted with you the idea is not really to to create akhand bharat i keep on telling them straight on the face that what will you do with so many muslims in the country hindus will then actually become a minority if you have the entire landmass from afghanistan 
to Myanmar as being a single country, then Hindus will, the number of Hindus will, will come down dramatically. So, so the idea, it's a, it's a rhetoric. We are a Hindu Rashtra. Hindu is not a religion. It is a culture. Now, these are all ways to, to keep the Hindu distanced and fearful and suspicious of the Muslim and the Christians also. Christians are the second enemies. So the fear of the Christians are evoked not as frequently as they are of the Muslims. Thank you so much, Nilanjan Mukhopadhyay, for talking to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.